Hello and welcome to Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I am your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect. I work in Eastern Massachusetts primarily on additions and renovations to existing homes. So I felt like this podcast or a podcast like this was needed for homeowners to get a better understanding of what might be involved with a home renovation if they're planning to undertake one in the near future. So I interview experts, whether they be vendors or contractors, other architects or homeowners about home renovations. So of course, I hope everyone finds that useful. You may have noticed that I have new music for this episode. This is this is my first episode of season two. I'm just calling it season two. I will tell you more about the music at the end. The second season is going to be pretty much like the first season, except for maybe with a little bit more emphasis on doing things yourself. Today, I am really excited to be talking to Ward Schrader, who is a co-host of Bargain Mansions on HGTV. And he also has a YouTube channel in which he helps people actually understand how to do things is specifically goes through them step by step. So that is very helpful and encouraging, as is Ward himself. And I had a great time talking to him. And I hope that you enjoy listening to our conversation. First of all, I just I'm really happy to have you on the show. I feel like, um, of course, I don't really know you, but I feel like I do because I've watched your YouTube videos and I've watched your show, um, Bargain Mansions. I've watched several episodes of that. And um, so welcome. Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you. Thank you for watching the show and doing some research, I guess. I, I'm enjoying doing the Working with Ward series. Um, that kind of started with some young people on the set that were working for the television crew. And and I I think the 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 story, I, as I remember, it was uh, they asked me to install a door. And, uh, and you know, that's not, I, I don't know about you, but that's not really a big effort. Uh, yeah, I would not be able to do that. Well, I did it probably in 30 minutes. And when I got done, uh, the young lady that was doing some of the audio stuff says, oh, my gosh, we're, I didn't know it was so easy. Why don't you should you should put that on YouTube. And the young man there did the same thing. And I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then I, I don't remember what I did next, but I did two or three things like that. And I had half a dozen people say younger that had grown up maybe in the city and hadn't uh, experienced construction. And and they were just kind of gaga over uh, the fact that I could actually install a door and how easy it was and, uh, and the simple tools that are required to do so. And... And so we got the idea to start doing the working with Ward series. And I, you know, some of it's professional. Some of it is, is as far as camera work and audio, some of it's not, uh, I need to improve that a little bit, but have certainly been getting growth in following and only been doing it through four months. So it's kind of fun. I, yeah. I, it's really encouraging to see young people willing to take risk and, <clears throat> and look at that and say, well, geez, I think I could do that. You know? Well, it's true. It's really important to, if you watch somebody else do it, you realize there's only so many steps and maybe I could do it. It's kind of like cooking a recipe. Really, you just break it down and just do it step by step. And then there it's done. Well, that's, that's my next thing. I'm going to print a book of recipes. Of Are recipes. you? <laughs> what, kind, what kind of food? Uh, mostly German and Czech. Really? 
Well, that'll be interesting. I'll, I'll keep my eye out for that. So, I mean, I don't want to cry about sexism or anything like that, but I do remember as a kid trying to do things and going, or even in graduate school, going to the um, hardware store and asking, I asked for an S hook once in the hardware store and the guy said, what do you need it for? Like, what does it matter what I need it for? Like, if I, if I waste 60 cents, I waste 60 cents, just give me the S hook. But, and then I also tried to buy a drill bit, or I did buy the drill bit recently, and it was, uh, it was for, I wanted to drill mugs and things so I could plant plants in them so they would drain. And the yeah. guy, yeah, the guy was like, you know, this is a drill bit. <laughs> what else, what else would I think it is? First of all, it says drill bit on the package. Yeah, I know it's a drill bit. But it's stuff like that just makes me, you know, I feel like maybe girls aren't as um, encouraged to be shown how to move a door. Right. So that's one reason I love watching your show, because your daughter's just she's just in there smashing stuff up, which I love. Yes, she does. She's very talented. Um, it's so funny because she helped when I was younger and I was just getting my business started. Um, I, you know, we didn't have any money. And and so it was imperative that everybody pitched in and helped and. So on weekends when the kids weren't involved in school or even some evenings, I, I had them down there helping me pull up carpeting or repair sheetrock or put up sheetrock or, or whatever. And you'd think they weren't learning a thing because all they did was complain about it. You know, it's just like, oh, my God, you're going to make me work again. And uh, but all four of my children, I have Tamara is the oldest. I have another daughter, the youngest and two boys in between. And every single one of them have done exactly have started kind of exactly the way I started. They, they bought an old house and they fixed it up. And of course, Hey dad, can you help? And of course dad helps. And, and, right. uh, and so she learned more. I, 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 like I said, I didn't think they were learning anything, but they, they kind of learned it all. Uh, and, uh, and that's how she got started doing that. It, it was just some, farmer education for me, I guess. And because uh, I don't have a, a degree or uh, a um, general contractor's license. I have constructed hundreds of thousands of square feet of, of properties, but uh, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting to see kids learn and, and, and she can do it all. There's, she's not, the one thing that I, I think I've already said it about young people, don't be afraid. She's not afraid to try almost anything. Sometimes I wish she would. It's a little scary to me. She, they put her on the skid steers or something like that on the show and show her move, moving dirt. And I want to get about a hundred yards away because I own <laughs> one of those things. I know how much they can do and, mm. and they, they can be as destructive as they can be beneficial. And, and if you aren't familiar with it, you can get in trouble. If you were going to advise a young person to, uh, you know, to buy a house and try to do it themselves, what, what would you, do you have, how do you think they could start? I mean, because pretty much everybody's going to be afraid they're going to do something wrong. And then. So several things that I would I would start with. First of all, um, if you want it to be a business, if you want to do this for your life or for some portion of your life, um, look at the very first one as a as a business investment. So any business, you maybe not an architect, but any business that supplies a product. You have to buy inventory. You have to set up a building. You have to have merchandise. You have to have employees, whatever. And 
And that's what I think everybody is maybe afraid of in the in their first one. I, I'd suspicion most people aren't going to make money on their first home. That that'd be a pretty tough deal uh, to get everything right the first time. But you invest in yourself, and so it's like buying inventory. The inventory maybe though education in how to do a house, or maybe some lumber, or or whatever. And and so think of it first of all. Get your mindset that that's what I'm doing here. I hope to make money, but I may not. And don't be discouraged by it if I don't. The second thing is that there's the money that's made in flipping houses is done in the buying of the house. It's not in the selling. So a community can only support, you know, say $500,000 houses. Uh, You can go 550 or you can go 450, but there's not many 250 homes in that neighborhood and there's not, and, and if you have a 750 or 800 home, you're probably going to get 600 for it or 550. So mm. it's in the buying. Uh, you got to buy that house. Right. And, and so the way to look at it is okay. The house is call it $200,000 and the market in the community you're buying in is $500,000. So the very first thing I've got to say is uh, I'm going to list this with a realtor to sell it. And I'm going to pay five or six percent. So right off of five hundred thousand dollars, I knock thirty thousand dollars off of it, and and now I'm down to four seventy is what I'm actually going to clear when I sell it. And uh, and so then what do I have to do? A roof, okay? The roof, fifteen grand maybe, or you know, again, I'm just picking numbers. Sure. But pick say fifteen thousand. Then I've got uh, windows, thirty thousand. Front porch is bad, five thousand. You know, I just start working backwards in the equation. I also add in there, what do I want to make on it? Do I want to make ten percent? Well, that's fifty thousand dollars. So instead of starting at four seventy, I'm starting at four twenty, and then I work back. And so if I paid two hundred thousand for it, I have two hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollars in my budget that I can spend and still make the return I want, and and get it sold in the market at the right price. So that's a that's a little economic advice on on how to look at these things. Uh, way too many people pay too much right off the bat. They they fall in love with the house. I've yeah. never fallen in love really with a house that I had to have. It just I how do you, I like how do you avoid it? How do you avoid it? Because I am the biggest sucker for driving up to a house that the front porch is hanging off yeah. of it, and you can see the squirrels playing in the gutters. And I think this is the house, this house needs me. And then I buy, and then we buy the house. Actually, we've only bought two houses, but this house was a hoarder house um, that we bought. Yeah. I, I fall in love with houses pretty easily, and I, I um, have no judgment after I fall in love with them. But how do you, so how do you avoid falling in love with a house? Um, I'm a facts kind of businessman. Yeah. And uh, I, I, if I if my objective is to live in it, that's one thing. If I'm going to live in it for the rest of my life, then maybe I don't care. I'll, right. I'll do what I got to do. Right, but you're talking about fixing them up and selling them, so that's a different. And if I'm doing that, then I don't fall in love because I'm not going to live there, at least for no extended period of time. I um, am looking at it from what can I do to maximize its value, and if I just can't buy it right, I just can't buy it right, and I'm sorry, I did kind of like it, but there's another one. Yeah. And I'll, I'll drive down the street and I'll find another one. 
uh, people are finding out that they can work from home more than they've ever known before. Mm-hmm. And they were forced to work at home and they realized, hey, this isn't so bad. I kind of like it. Manufacturers or, or companies are realizing that that productivity isn't is hasn't went down because people are working at home. But housing is going to have a great value because what's happening here is either if you drive down the street, almost every block or two, there's some construction going on. There is some contractor in there doing work on somebody's house. So people are adding outdoor space for one. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they can't go anywhere. So they want outdoor space at home. That's, that's really been a lot of swimming pools being installed, surprisingly. That's true. Uh, the second is they want an office in their home, a private office. So they're adding on or they're, I don't know, converting a bedroom or converting a basement or whatever they're converting and they're creating an office in their home. So in a lot of cases, the homes just aren't big enough to do anything. So there's tons of people out there moving up yeah. and, and they're spending a little more money um, or a lot more and buying bigger houses. Let's say you buy your first house and you get it at a good price. And then we talk a lot in the show about hiring contractors, doing things yourselves, working with a guy. What, what do you think should be, what should be next? What's the next move? Depends on what part of the project you're talking about. If it were me, I mean, I, I, I have had a fair amount of experience, so I, there's probably nothing that I wouldn't do except I won't climb on roofs anymore. I've, right. I've had my share of falling off. I don't want yeah, to do don't, that. Don't fall off roofs anymore. <laughs> It's no fun. Uh, thankfully, I was never really hurt, but uh, I have done it, falling off ladders and whatever. Mm. Um, well, the the first thing that you can do, and it's really amazingly easy, um, is I I always look at the foundation before I ever start working on a house. Um, I want the I want the house to be as level at that point and solid and and straight as I can get it. It makes the rest of everything you do so much easier. Now you need a little time to do this if you're starting with a house that has, is older, maybe sinking in the middle or wherever. Um, a house is kind of a moving object for a long time. So we've had houses that have been four, sunk four or five inches in the middle. And it just makes all the windows out of square. It makes all the doors out of square. None of them shut, none of them open right, whatever. You just keep cutting them off until they fit and then they look funky. And <laughs> uh, so if you if you buy a jack and you can do it, there, there are um, just basement jacks, you know, the steel pipe with the screw on it. Mm-hmm. That's one way. Uh, and, and the simplest, least expensive. And you just go downstairs and you start putting jacks. Uh, maybe you have to dr- break out a little bit of concrete in the floor. Maybe you have to dig a hole four or five feet deep and pour some real cement. So you got a footing under it, um, which isn't a very hard either. I mean, it's, it's labor intensive, but if I can do it, anybody can do it. So I, don't know. I think you underestimate yourself or because it seems like Okay, let's pretend it's me. Like I'm supposed to go dig a hole in the basement through the slab and then keep digging. <laughs> it just seems like there are a lot of steps there. I guess I'd watch YouTube videos what I what I would do. I mean, you break through the slab. How do you do that? Like with with a jackhammer? Yeah. Just go rent a jackhammer. 
costs a hundred bucks. Okay. And, and in uh, an hour, you'll have two or three holes done. I mean, it's it's simple. I'm going to do the reversal with the hardware guy I told you. Very simple. <laughs> okay. That's the statement you made. I'm going to tell you, you can do it. Yeah. And, and it's not that hard. And the and the first, so you're going to be afraid the first time. You're going to like, is the jackhammer going to jump up and eat me or something? Yeah. But the reality is, it's not. And and it's it, and as a woman, so I I don't think this is sexist. You're probably not as strong as a 200 pound man. Right. So so get a small jackhammer. Takes a little longer, but it'll still do the job. And and that's go a down good there tip. And- that's a good tip, Ward. Like the right tool is important for the job. So obviously, if I can't okay. handle a giant jackhammer, that isn't my only option. I could get a smaller jackhammer. Now, see, that's so simple, but I didn't even consider there would be a jackhammer that I could use that would be small enough. Oh, lots of sizes of jackhammers, actually. And uh, and then get yourself an auger and start drilling a hole in the floor and or in the dirt underneath. And it's probably pretty soft. Uh, well, I don't know what your country's like, but well, it, there's some chance that it's, that it's soft. And okay, so it takes you an afternoon to dig two or three holes, but and you, you put it in buckets and you carry the dirt out and you throw it away and then you haul cement down and you fill it up in buckets and so forth. But, you know, I'm pretty sure you could carry a five-gallon five bucket. Yeah, I could do that. And uh, fill it with cement, mix it yourself and, and haul it down. And it'd probably take you five trips to fill one hole. So depending on how many holes. Anyway, throw some rebar in it. Uh, you know, cut go. You can go to the hardware store and you can buy rebar cut in three foot lengths. So you buy. Let me buy that though, Ward. I'm not sure they'd let me buy three foot lengths of rebar. What am I going to use those for? Yeah. (laughs) Are you locking up your children or what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Building bars. No. There was temptation, by the way, in that when I had children, but that's okay. That's (laughs) a different story. That's a different podcast. Yeah. No, you throw some rebar in it. Throw three or four pieces of rebar in it, pour cement down there and smooth off the top. And you've got, you've got a solid foundation and three foot is probably the minimum you want to go. And then, and then put these jack pipes on, uh, onto the, underneath the, uh, the floor joist that you want to raise. And, and every week you go in and you raise it an inch. So four to six weeks. And, and during that time, so you're doing demolition or something else at the same time during that time, you're moving and shaking the house. Mm. And, and when you're moving and shaking the house, it, it has changed. It's, it's bent, it's twisted, it's separated, whatever, over the years of shrinking. Now you're lifting it back up and it's just got to kind of vibrate until it gets back into shape. And that takes time. Sometimes it takes more six months. Mm. It depends on how bad it was. So I would start there. I would do that. Um, once that's done, then I, I mean, the demo, gosh, if anybody can do demo. Demo I mean, is fun. I have done a lot of demo with a cat's paw and a sawzall. So. Yeah. You, yeah, you just have to be a little careful that you're not demoing out a, a structurally important wall, load bearing right. wall. Yeah. Um, you know, after you've done a couple of these, you'll know that before you ever start. You know, it's pretty easy to figure out load-bearing walls. Well, it is even before you take anything off. I mean, you can kind of tell what the structure is of the house ahead yeah, of time. Yeah, I, I, I could do that. I could do that, but 
So as an architect, I would expect you could. I figure you would that hope out. I could figure that out. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But people are always talking to me about how I don't know if this is a load bearing wall and they're afraid of load bearing walls. But the fact is, you can you can put a you can take out the wall and put up a beam and replace the wall with a beam. So even if it's load bearing, you just have to plan correctly. That's all. That's right. Sometimes you put a, put a temporary wall on both sides of the of the wall you're taking out, one or both, and and rip out the wall, put a beam in. Uh, the only thing you got to be careful with that is that that on the ends where the beam is, that there's something underneath that's supporting it. Well, yeah. Not on plywood or like like the house I'm in right now. I I bought it and they they built it and they put the second floor the exterior walls on plywood right in between the floor joists, not, not on the floor joists. God mm. knows why it sank four or five inches over 40, 50 years. And, it, you know, just laziness or ignorance or whatever it was. So that, so go to demo, uh, careful of electric and plumbing and gas lines. Of course, uh, it's always good to, um, knock little holes in things with a hammer, not a sawzall, uh, right <laughs> off the bat. Not right away, yeah. Yeah, and, and see what's back there before you start cutting things, because you can cut a wire, you can cut a plumbing line, you can, hey, I just was, during the original COVID, I was putting a gym in my house. One of my Working With Ward series is I showed people how to do, build a chin-up bar and, and um and the, so there's got to be about a total of maybe two square foot of plumbing pipes in my whole basement. I mean, you know, they're one inch round and they run all over the place, but they're, they don't cover much space. I put a screw right through one oh. and hear the hissing and hear them pretty soon water's coming out of the ceiling and I shut it off and, you know, I fixed it. That's easy. Well, that's another tip too, knowing where the water cutoff is. The, oh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Uh, but what, one of the best things ever invented was shark bites for plumbing. You know I don't what know about is? those, no. Oh, my gosh. They are the greatest. They're just a tube, a slip-on joint with a piece of plastic and some, got to be an O-ring in there somewhere. I've never gotten, I'm going to cut one in half one of these days and see how they're made. But you just, that took five minutes to fix when I, when I hit that pipe. Hmm. I, it, luckily, it was by event. I got into the vent. I cut a little bit of sheetrock out. I cut the pipe in half. I had a shark bite that was a universal joint. Slip it on one slide, spread the pipe, step it in. It's fixed. You don't solder. You don't weld. You don't glue. You don't do anything. You just stick it together. Wow. Awesome. That does sound awesome. Yeah. I should, this should be an advertisement for them. because Right. See if we can get they, them to sponsor this one. Yeah. Let's see if we can get paid for this. But no, they're great. <laughs> um so, uh, you know, I mean, even guys that do it all the time, you still make mistakes, but it didn't stop me from doing it again. I'll do it again. I, I hopefully I won't put a hole in a pipe in this, in a pipe this time, but I'll go hang things on the ceiling or the walls or whatever. Mm. Um, so do that, check it out, then start demoing, get the demo done, salvage, whatever you want. If it's an older house, we try diligently to salvage all the trim and that sort of thing. But, you know, hundred year old houses, sometimes the trim is just brittle mm -hmm. and you touch it. It's been painted six times. You can't do it in place. So you start paint sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It just breaks into pieces and shatters. And 
sometimes you salvage enough of it to do a couple of rooms and the rest of the house has to be more modern. Uh, but that's okay. Kind of the, you know, the kitchens, they were small. They had a lot of trim. Sometimes we get a lot of trim out of there and we put back in lots of cabinetry and lots of counters and, and stuff like that. So, um, but I guess stepwise again, um, I did leave out a very important plan step is you got to have a plan. Oh, right. I, I, you know what? I forgot about that too. Yeah. And so you got to know where you want to end up. Right. And where's where's the new bathroom going to go and where's the new kitchen and all the appliances going to go and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you can, if you're, if your plumbing is good with the house already, you can, you can start right there and you can start, uh, especially if it's plastic, it's so easy. Oh my gosh, anybody can be a plumber, but uh, you can cut the plastic, you can glue it and, and you can stick it together uh, and wow. make a mistake. But I guarantee you, once you make a mistake, you won't do it again. Well, <laughs> I guess I can't guarantee it. Can't do that. I, I'm pretty sure, sure that if you make a mistake one time, you will be able to do it again and it'll be better the next time. And yeah. I still have leaks once in a while in plastic. It's just the way it is. Um, mm. Maybe if I did it every day, all day long, it'd be okay. I think I so. I think that, I think that would make you a plumber and then you'd probably be pretty good at it. I, right? that's, that's you my did it all day, every day. Yeah. Um, but what about electricians? Like you kind of have to hire a, you have to get a permit for a lot of the work, yeah. at least around yeah. here. You are, you are supposed to get a permit for all of your construction. Yes. And, and you should do that. That's so we left that step out. Uh, <laughs> it's a little yep. annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, you know, not everything. Uh, it, it depends on what you're doing. If you're just replacing plugs and switches, I, I don't know that you need a permit for that. That's considered maintenance. Uh, well, maybe, maybe in some places you do, I, I, well, I would have a hard time going out to get a permit to put a plug in that wouldn't, I know that does seem extreme, yeah. that does seem extreme. but before, you, before people start a project like this, they should probably just check in with the building inspector to see if there are any, anything they should know about before they get going. And you know what? I would tell you that that's a, that's a really good idea because if you get them on your side, if you're decent to them, if you're not demanding, uh, they're humans just like you are. They want to be treated decently mm -hmm. and invite them out, ask them for their expertise. That's always exactly. a good one. That is a good one. That's in, um, how to, how to make friends and influence people. Exactly. I read that book and I thought that's how I deal with the building inspectors now. Like you're the, you're the ex expert. You tell me, cause especially they don't like architects very much. I can't imagine why. Anyway, they don't like architects very much because we seem to know everything. So if I if I make friends with the building inspectors, my life goes a lot better. And in fact, they are experts at it. So I do respect what they have to say about. A lot of them, in my experience, have been contractors or something like that at one point in their life. Yeah. And 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 if you're if you're decent to them, they'll let you. They know that this isn't always an exact science. Right. There's interpretation and, of of what needs to be done that they that they're the ones who get to decide. So, yeah. So don't know. make enemies of them because they can make your life miserable. Absolutely, uh, yeah. So get the permit. What the heck? It's what the not heck? But not for the plug necessarily. But you could go ask them, and they'll say, "No, you don't need one for the plug." 
if I bought a house that just needed cosmetics, maybe some plugs, switches like that, I probably wouldn't get a permit. I mean, if I'm not tearing down walls, if I'm not doing major demolition. Uh, yeah, you probably don't I, need one. Well, I don't think you do. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't think around here we need one to do cabinetry in a kitchen. Yeah, we don't need butter. it either for cabinetry. But windows, I think we're supposed to get permits for windows. Yeah, I'm every place sure is why. different. You just better That's check true. out. Every single town is different too. So yeah. yeah. Get your plan together. Go talk to the building inspector about what you want to do. And then get your saws all out. <laughs> get your saws all out and go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can do anything you want at that point in time. But, you know, if you got your plan, you can, as the house is still, you know, I'm still thinking about the settling and the moving and getting it squared up. And, and if you... Uh, uh, you you can start doing the plumbing. You can route it. You can, uh, or get your plumber in if you're going to use a plumber or your electrician. And you can do an awful lot of stuff at that point in time once you've got the sheetrock off there and make it easy for them to get in there and do their work. You, you don't want to start, you don't want an electrician to come in there and have to start uh, uh, snaking wires through the wall because your bill is going to be outrageous. You, yeah. you want to get the sheetrock off and make it as easy as possible for them. I mean, they're going to snake a little bit, but they're not going to do much. Mm-hmm. Or hopefully. That's um, true. As far as roofing goes, uh, I mean, you know, so you're going right up the house, get windows, always put good windows in. We, we have a, we're fortunate here in Kansas City. We have a couple of places that will actually rebuild old windows from mm. start to finish. And they will be like brand new when we get them back. Yeah, I just had the window woman on my show a few episodes ago. And um, I love window restoration. Just the whole idea of still using the same glass and making that old wood work again. I love that. Uh, I, I, I did that on my ranch. Uh, and uh, I like it, but they aren't modern windows. And, and no. they do not seal as well. And uh, so our climate is relatively mild as compared to a lot of places. And um, so it's probably not quite as important, but new windows are awfully nice. Mm. Well, but some windows are not awfully, they're not, they're not. Uh, some, someone else I was talking to recently on this podcast was talking to them, uh, was calling them white windows, just the white windows. I guess that that were they were white vinyl windows. Some of the some windows are just not nice. Like True. new like new Marvin Ultimate windows, those are nice. Those are really nice. Uh, but I, yeah, reputable company windows. Maybe I should have qualified it. Reputable com- company windows are generally all very good and will last and seal and do all those things very well. Yeah. Uh, it it's just like cabinetry. Um, any, any company has a cheap brand. I, I'm sure Marvin does too. And, and they have their premium. Um, you know, your big box stores, they have cheap cabinetry that's all particle board and, and glued together and a couple of staples in it. And, and you can, but they also have, uh, dovetail jointed drawers. They have solid wood. They have, you, you, you pay for what you get. And, and so when it comes to things like that, you can't get too chintzy on windows. You can't get too cheap on 
on cabinetry, in my opinion. I, th yeah. I think you can put junk in there and you can put a you could put a ten thousand dollar slab of granite on top of it. But if the drawers and the cabinets are junk, they're still junk. Oh, yeah. Our last house, the guy, he was a, a DIY guy and a cheap DIY guy. Actually, it's mostly his father who lived next door who still came to our house to fix stuff. Even after we bought it, he would just come nice. over on his own. Yeah. Well, so these cabinets, the, the, the front, it was like a plastic drawer with a, and it would break off. The front would break off. So we just had to nail and glue the, the fronts back to the cabinetry. So none of our drawers actually worked. So when we had people over... They try to help in the help in the kitchen. All the <laughs> most of the drawers were nailed shut. You know that's not useful for anybody. So putting a little bit more money in, so you don't have to nail your drawers to the front to make it look like a normal kitchen, that's worth it. Oh, I would think so. It would be to me, and and certainly I, I don't I don't think people are stupid. I I think in general, uh, especially in the valued houses, the, the homes of the value that we're buying. People kind of know the difference between crud yeah. and, and quality, right? And um, and you just put cheap stuff in. That's exactly what it looks like. And they they open the drawer the first time they look at it and say, "Oh, this is junk." Mm. Yeah, and it kind of says something about the rest of the house and what's behind the walls that you can't see. Like if they would do that on these cabinets, then I you know that's one of the things I always I'm always it's always incredible incredible to me that. Um, you you can you can hide a million things behind sheetrock, and and the house will still stand and it'll be okay, um, but when you get to the finished part, you got to do it right. I mean that that tells people everything about the house. Now I don't I don't purposely try to go in and hide things behind the sheetrock, mm -hmm. but there are some things that an inspector might not like if he looked behind the sheetrock, look at, look at the house I'm living in. And, and I just got in telling you how the exterior wall of the second floor was built on plywood. Well, where was the inspector in 1960 when that happened? Yeah. I'd like to talk to that guy. Uh, but you know, the house still stood for 60 years and it was livable. It isn't, it is. It's a lot of things aren't the end of the world. Tell me about your YouTube channel because I might have been on the wrong channel because I learned how to change the safe combination. Oh yeah, right. And, and how to make um, a target for yeah. archery. Yeah. Uh, I learned a little bit about your bronco, which looks really nice. You did a nice job on that. Those those things have became outrageously valuable. When I got it, I got it for free because it was sitting in a field rusting out. And and today I've seen them sell for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, okay. There, there weren't that many made, uh, and for some reason they just became super popular. So thank goodness because I put a ton of money into that thing. <laughs> well, but, you know, uh, no, the the video is going to be more about construction. The the working with Ward uh, is more about. At least right now, it's going to be more about maintenance, and we're trying to find our way. A yeah. little bit well, that. that would be really, really helpful because even even telling me how to cut through my um, my slab and and build a new footing, that made me feel like maybe I could do that. Well, I so hope you that's try. very encouraging. Just go downstairs and try it. Go rent a jackhammer, and, <laughs> even if you don't need to do it. <laughs> I could, I, even if I don't need to, and I could put a time capsule under there. It could all be about you know the pandemic times of 2020 and bury it in the basement. 
<laughs> made some of those too. Then I don't know that we showed those on the working with Ward. Made time capsules for uh, uh, what was it? Thanksgiving or something? I don't know. Father's Father's Day. That's what it was. Showed people how to make gifts for their father to do it themselves and paint them and oh, all cool. kinds of fun stuff. And my granddaughters helped me with that. Nice. Well, Ward, I I appreciate your time and being on here and encouraging me. I'm thinking now I'm going to sell my house. You know, I, before I said I wouldn't have anywhere to go, but I'm going to sell my house and then go fix up a house myself. Maybe. Go build a new one. Well, I don't know. I like old houses better. Okay. A new house, well, old house. Also, there's we don't have a lot of land around here. So I'd have to tear down a house and then. Yeah. Yeah. But so well, that's very, that's very I encouraging. I hope you do. I, I, I think one of the best things about my life is that at this point anyway, is helping young people such as yourself learn how to. Oh, Ward, you're so nice. I'm not a young person, but hopefully some young people are listening to this. Well, I'm you're like 53. younger than me. Well, I'm 53. So a lot of people don't think I'm that young. I'm kind of right between now, but I can still carry a five um, gallon bucket. I'm sure you can. I, I, I hope you go try. Go change it. Go on, do an electrical socket. Don't electrocute yourself. <laughs> Shut off the power and change out a plug. You'll find out. It isn't that big of a deal. Wow. Okay. I'll write to you when that happens. Because I, right. um, my pandemic office, uh, it turns out it's going to be a lot more permanent than I thought. And this, just this one room here in my basement. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'll just fix it up myself. Lace so is that a fake top. window? Is your basement a walkout? <laughs> it's a, a fake window that I've put a light behind to make it look more real. No, it's um, it's a walkout. I live on a hill. So, okay. Yeah. There's a big piece of ledge coming through in the corner. Um, I I imagine ways that I could make this much nicer, but then I I'm, maybe I'll do it myself. Why not? You've, what do you got to lose? You make you me know feel empowered. Interesting, just in, in kind of parting, uh, the one thing that most people will have to get over is when you make a mistake and you cover it up, maybe you don't cover it up perfectly, you're the only one that's ever going to see it. And you're going to see it every time you walk in the room, though. That's true. <laughs> so I guess you kind of have to get over that. <laughs> yep. But, well. Thank you, Ward. It's very, very encouraging. You want me, uh, give me your social media places where people can find you. Okay. Well, uh, Instagram will lead you to almost everything. And so it's at Ward Schrader. And you can also follow follow my daughter, Tamara Day, and and hers is at Tamara Day. So real easy. Um, The the following in that is, I'm not much of a social media guru, uh, but the following in that is getting pretty dramatic. Uh, and um, so I, I, I'm going to use that to give lessons, I guess, in all of these kinds of little things that I'm doing and, and see where it leads. Well, that, that is so awesome. It's so helpful. And I think there's so many people who feel like they can't do it, but we probably can do it. You can do it. I guarantee you, you can do anything we've talked about. It's just being willing to take a chance. You know, the nice thing about a house is it's just primarily, it's just wood and sheetrock. How bad can you screw that up? Uh, do I really want those to be the last words that you say, Ward? I don't know. 
<laughs> well, maybe maybe you should change that a little bit, and it should be you can't really screw it up too bad. How's right. that? That's that good. Better? That's good. Thank you. And you can always fix any if it's made of wood, you can fix it. Well, thank you so much for listening, and thanks so much to Ward again for taking the time to um, to talk to me. And to be just encouraging to all of us who who might be a little wary of taking on um, new tasks. So I'm pretty encouraged myself. And if you have any suggestions as to what you would like to see on or hear on the show, sorry, uh, please email me at um, email me at the house maven at talkinghomerenovations.com. And as I mentioned before, I didn't realize that pretty much all my emails were going to junk. So yeah, that's embarrassing, but um, they've been deleted. So if you wrote to me and I didn't write back, please write to me again and I will get right back to you, I promise. So yeah, I didn't think to check my junk folders. So PSA, check your junk folders. This tune is The House Maven's Jig by Neil Perlman, who wrote it for me and I... Love it. And Troy McGilvery and Neil Perlman are performing it. So it's my new theme song, I guess you could say. I find it uplifting and kind of friendly and puts me in a good mood. And I hope it does the same for you. So if you like this podcast, it would be so helpful to me if you would rate it or review it wherever you get your podcasts or you could tell your friends about it. You can follow me on social media, which I am also trying to get more involved with. So on Facebook or Instagram, uh, Talking Home Renovations on both of those platforms or TikTok. Yep, believe it or not, much to my daughter's horror, I am on TikTok and I'm the house maven there. So you never know what's next. That's what I always say. Actually, I guess what I always say is you don't know what you don't know. But anyway, Hope you're doing well, and until the next episode, take care. <laughs>